Welcome to the Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales podcast. Join us for turkey and deer hunting tips, information, and stories. And now your host, Todd Hogan. Hello, and welcome to Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales. I'm your host, Todd Hogan. Uh, we apologize, we haven't been with you in a while. Uh, it season has gotten the best of us and with work and the Christmas season it was just hard to get together. As a matter of fact I'm flying solo tonight because my partner Brian Johnson is in Kansas celebrating uh, Christmas with his girlfriend and their family. At least that's what he tells me. He better be out there looking for a place for us to hunt. That was <laughs> what he said he was going to do before he left so we'll see. But I want to get with you today and talk about late season. I know it's uh, the 26th of December, so most of you don't have a whole lot of time left, but uh, if you do and you're still sitting on some tags, uh, this is kind of the things that I look for going into late season. Um, there's always the, the big one, which would be, um, you know, you could always fill some doe tags. I'm sure we've all got, most of us have uh, farms that are loaded with does and the need to keep the, um, you can kind of get the, the herd back in check as far as bringing doing a little doe management so that's one thing that you could always do uh this time of year i know in missouri uh tomorrow starts our muzzleloader season so um i'm not seeing i haven't got any of my target bucks showing up on camera regularly so um i'm gonna give it a couple days i'm off till the sixth of this year but um for work from work and i'm gonna hunt hard but if i don't see any shooter bucks in the first couple of days i'm going to start targeting some does i've got a couple tags left to fill and that's kind of my plan um kind of some things that i look for when i when you look going into late season um i'm going strictly off the information my cameras are giving me i have transitioned all my cameras from um where they were during the rut which was generally over scrapes or in pinch points or on trails um, I've moved all of them. They're now on food sources and the trails that I think that the deer are coming in on. I'm watching those closely. I've got a cell cam uh, that I watch daily to see what's coming in, about what time. Um, you know, you can get a real good idea of your inventory of your bucks that made it through uh, rifle season by by looking at your trail camera pictures and, and just you know i think on this farm i hunt in missouri it's about 170 acres and i'm currently running about eight cameras uh so that should pretty much tell me what i need to know um like i said i've moved them off uh trails and for the most part i've either got them on trails coming into food sources just slightly off the food source on those trails or on the edge of uh on the edge of fields so i can see what's going on um, you know, the other thing you're looking for in late season is, and this is, it's just not being conducive here in Missouri, but you're looking for cold weather. Deer will tend to get up on their feet earlier if it's cold, cold. Uh, they can't lay around all day. They, uh, you know, if it's in the teens, uh, they've got to get fuel for the fire and that means they've got to go to a food source. So if you get cold, cold weather, look for the deer to move earlier. Um, I, the other thing is I generally, this is just me. I know my partner, Brian, he hunts morning from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. I only hunt mornings during the rut. There's about a three week window there where it's the only time I, I hunt mornings. I think personally think 
you're doing more harm than good if you're hunting in the mornings in early season and late season. Generally, in my opinion, again, Brian and I would be fighting over this right now. If I'm hunting early season or late season, we'll go with late season for this case, I'm probably bumping the deer that are heading back to bed when I'm going in to hunt. And even if you do get the opportunity, the window is going to be very small in the morning. They're only going to be in their feet for a little time, a little while. This time of year, they're mainly nocturnal. That's when it's the coldest. That's when they're going to be on their feet trying to get uh, food and stay alive. In the mornings, they're going to try to, or in the daytime, they're going to soak up what sun they've got and try to stay warm. And that's when they'll get most of their rest. So that's what I do as far as hunting mornings or evenings. Um, I generally try to get there, let's say in Missouri right now where I generally hunt, or Illinois. It's going to get, in the shooting line, it'll be about 5.15, maybe a little sooner. I try to be there and set up by 2. I don't see any point of getting there any any earlier. I mean, you could, just to make sure you don't bump something. But in my opinion, the time to be there is is the last hour of light, and probably for a buck, it's probably going to be the last 10 minutes of light. Um that's another thing when it comes to hunting late season. Generally, your your does and your yearlings are going to filter on first. And you'll get a few year-and-a-half-old bucks, and then maybe a two-and-a-half-year-old, and then slowly but surely your bigger bucks will make their way out. They just, they've been hunted hard. They don't want to expose themselves. This time of year, they have to. They've got to feed. So, you know, they're going to, but the, but they, they'll be the la- generally the last ones out onto the food source. I know this, um, give you a quick example. It was three years ago, I was hunting Missouri, late season. It was New Year's Day. Uh, the temperature was about 20 degrees. It was cold. I had a great food source that year, uh, late season food source. I had a bunch of brassicas. I had what I had were, um, I had tur- turnips and I had radishes. And they, for the most part, didn't mess with them the entire year. But about the middle of December, they just started hammering those things. And I'm talking, this is a food plot about the size of a, maybe an acre. Maybe just, a, maybe just a little bit bigger than an acre. Um, but at about 4.30, those start coming onto this food source. Uh, and then I'm watching, slowly but surely, I've got like a spike. And then I think I had like about a six-pointer, both year-and-a-half-old bucks come walking onto this food source. <laughs> And then just at right at last light, and I'm not exaggerating when I say there were probably on this one acre food plot, there were probably 20 deer on that thing at one time. Right at last light, I could see it come through the woods. I could see horns. And then it popped out. And what it was was a three and a half year old, probably went in the um, 130s, low 130s. And I was sitting on two tags at that point, and I wasn't going to, you know, good buck to me, and I was taking it. So I did. But I had things going for me that day. I had, it was cold, one, uh, crisp, clear day, which made it even colder. Brush, uh, the, the pressure was high. That was two. And then the other thing I was going to kind of get into was generally in late season, when deer, when it's cold, deer will bed on the south-facing south hillsides. Because, one, they want to stay out of the cold wind, and two, they can soak up that afternoon sun if there is any as it comes in on them. Well, I kind of played that that day. That's uh, kind of was the, the route I was going with that late season hunt that day. And I knew on this food source that I have, this food plot, I knew they would come from one of two directions. Well, that day I set up knowing, thinking, I say knowing, 
thinking they would come because it was cold, uh, come from the south facing hillside. And and mark my word, every deer that come up come up out of this out of this bottom on this south south facing hillside. Uh, you know, this time of year they're probably grouped up together, and I'm sure they were all grouped up, probably bedding down there together or within you know a few hundred yards of each other. And the same thing happened that day. They came up, and like I said, about oh. 10 minutes left on shooting light he come walking out into the food plot um i was worried that i would be able to get uh, the muzzleloader out the gun out the window of the blind i was sitting in because there were so many deer and so many eyes uh it just so happened that that day it was a little bit windy which helped you know um help kind of cover some noise as i was trying to get the shooting stick and stuff and the camera uh set but like i said they it worked out exactly how i'd planned that day same thing Brian had told me, Brian Johnson, uh, my partner had told me, he was like, today's the day to go. We'd been watching the forecast. And so he went to his farm and I went to mine. And that evening he killed a doe and I believe he was out of bug tags. So, um, but he saw deer that night. So the, the biggest thing, in my opinion, that you're looking for this time of year is you want it cold, 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 because they've got to get up and they've got to feed. You've got bucks this time of year that are struggling just to put, on pounds from the, the, you know, from the rigors of the rut, uh, they ran nuts for six weeks. Well, now they've got to put that fat back on, you know, something's got to sustain them through the next three months of winters. And, and, you know, they ran for six weeks chasing every doe on the place. And so they're trying to put a little fat back on. So that's what they're doing. They've got to get up and feed. The other thing is you still have the opportunity. Uh, there may be a yearling or two, especially in the next week or so, if she was born late, early enough in the year, that they may come into heat. So that's something else to keep in mind. Uh, I would imagine most of the adult does have been bred by this point. Um, but if not, they will be coming in. Generally, they come in like about the 10th of November in this part of the country. So then if they weren't bred, then they'd come back around the 10th of, or, you know, within 28 days. So like the what the 7th 6th 8th right around there december and then if not they'll come back in like right around the 1st of january well a lot of times you've got does young does that were born early enough in this in the year that they will come into heat right about the 1st of january so you get that where a buck who really doesn't have um breeding on his mind anymore but all of a sudden you've got this hint of estrus in the air and now they look in and they're like oh well hey, wait a minute, that's, uh, so it's just another thing that maybe kind of keep an eye on. I have personally never run into that this late in the year, but I hear stories of it all the time. Um, the other thing that kind of look for, and this doesn't happen in this part of the country very much, but if you've got snow, you could also, uh, you can cut a track, you know, you could track deer. I've listened to podcasts of stories that, uh, guys that have tracked deer for miles in heavy snow and been, and been able to catch up with them. Uh, that's not something that generally happens this, in this part of the country just because we don't have that much snow. Um, but if you did, that's one way to kind of look into it and look at that. I, I couldn't begin to tell you how to. I don't, I don't know how to track a deer or how you know tell if it's fresh in the snow. Like I said, it's not something we do much in this part of the country. But if, if you're in the northern states uh, where you've got the opportunity, that's one, one more way to possibly fill that buck tag. You know, you're... Um, you're coming to the end and whatever you can do to kind of uh, look in, you know, to fill that buck tag, that's, you know, you do what you have to do. Uh, 
like I said, I wouldn't begin to even start to know where to begin to tell you how to do that. But I'm sure you can find podcasts or uh, maybe like um, Dan Infault, the uh, Hunting Beast Forum. They've, they, I've heard guys talk about that on that. So there might be some good information there. Um, kind of looking into some more stuff. If you've got a good, like I said earlier, if you have a good food source, you're going to have deer. Um, if you've got grain still standing, if you've got corn still standing or possibly soybeans, um, you're probably in the catbird seat. You've probably got every deer in the place, every deer in the county on your farm. If you've got a good um, food plot, you've and it's, they haven't destroyed it yet, and it's big enough that they can that you can sustain a lot of deer uh, traffic on it, then you've probably got a lot of deer. I, like I said earlier, I have a, about an acre food plot, and they've hammered it pretty hard. Um, I'm still getting pictures of does on it daily. But the bucks just, I, the, the pressure has pushed the bucks off of that farm. And uh, me and the guy that's on this podcast a lot, Nathan uh, Overberg, we're talking about it earlier this week. It's not us that pressured it that much, but it's a lot of the surrounding farms that have received pressure. And it's, I think it's pushed the deer into this river bottom where we hunt. So I'm going to give it, like I said earlier, I'm going to give it a couple more days of hunting uh, for bucks. And then I'm going to start managing my does. Um, I said it earlier, generally bucks um, will be the last ones onto the food plot. Uh, I only hunt afternoons. The colder, the better. Watch your cameras. You know, they'll tell you, they're going to tell you what all the information you need. Uh, if you're not seeing bucks and the camera's not catching them, then probably time to start looking into doe management. Uh, I'm sure not every buck you had has, has met its maker. I'm sure they've moved off to thick cover. If you can find that cover and get close to it, that's also a good way. Keep in mind, this time of year, uh, the deer are going to bed close to the food sources. They don't want to move a whole lot. Um, Brian, my partner, he likes to get as close to the bedroom as possible. Well, this time of year, it may be only 100 yards off the food source. So you don't have to go far. And you can tell because, you know, they, they show up on the on the food plots or the field edges. They show up very early. And they're probably, like I said earlier, they're not bedded more than 150, 200 yards away or closer. So if you start venturing into those spots, tread carefully. The You know, this time of year, there's, there's no foliage on the trees. It's wide open. I would be very careful getting too far in. Generally, if I was going to do it, going to a farm I didn't know anything about, I would probably get... If I thought I had a good food source or a field edge that I wanted to get to, I might get 20 or 30 yards into the woods, maybe so I could still see the edge of the field uh, and see what was coming across there, possibly still have a shot, but then looking for the deer, hopefully I'm set up on a trail where I I think they're coming from. But like I said, be very careful because you're so exposed and deer have been chased around now for the last four months. They're on edge. They're, They're looking for somebody, uh, you know, they're looking for people, they're looking for hunters, they know that they've, they've been pushed and shot at, and uh, so the least little thing could booger up a hunt in a hurry, and possibly the rest of the year. Um, I know I've been going out, I've been out two or three times, I have not hunted my farm in Missouri since rifle season, which was the end of no, uh, November, but <clears throat> The only time I go out there, I drive the truck right to the cameras where I want them. I leave the truck running, you know, so they don't think there's um, 
to avoid the the sense of a person being in there. They're used to pickups. They're used to tractors. Uh, but now if somebody comes marching through the woods, that's something different. And they associate that with danger. So that's kind of one more thing to keep uh, keep in mind. Um, I went over south-facing hillsides, especially on those cold days. Uh, if you can get on one of those and, and, and get just off to the edge, close to a food source, that's excellent. Um, personally, this time of year, I like to get in a ground blind. One, because it shields me a little bit more, uh, you know, from one, the weather. Because this time of year, a north wind could just be brutal right in your face. Just to take that bite of the wind off of you. Two, because there's no not much foliage left on the trees, it's hard to find a tree to hide in. You know, a lot of times, trees back in September that I was hiding in, now you're wide out, right out in the open. So, um, another reason I like to sit in a ground blind. Um, I know in Missouri, we've got another week and a half of muzzleloader season and maybe another week of uh, both season and the seasons will end. Uh, deer season will close here, and I'm sure it's the same way in most of the Midwest. I'm not sure about the Deep South, but I think maybe Ohio goes to close to the 1st of February, but seasons are getting ready to wind down. So, you know, stay vigilant. If you still got bow tags or muzzleloader tags or any kind of tags and you're looking to fill them, you still got a chance. Um, unfortunately, I've been looking at the weather for the last week. In Missouri here, we had a massive snowstorm here in the Midwest about a week and a half ago, and it warmed up. And on Christmas Day here, it was 72 degrees. Uh, that's not ideal for the kind of hunting I need, or the kind of weather I need this time of year for hunting late season. But you got to take what you can give. What I'm what I'm looking for is uh, this coming Monday. It's supposed to that'll be muzzleloader season, and it's supposed to drop from highs in the mid 50s, and I think the highs are going to be in the low 30s, which is probably the best I'm going to get over the next week and a half, uh, according to the long range forecast. So I'm going to hit it hard that day. Wind's perfect. I'm hoping that you know I'll hit. Like I said, I'll be out there about two o'clock and hunt it hard till dark. Probably the next day, which will be New Year's Day, I think I'm going to hit it hard. And if things don't go right after that, that's when I'm going to flip the switch and start looking for does. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So uh, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for deer season this year. We've still got a lot of um, guys we're going to be talking to. We're going to do a year-end wrap-up uh, where we're going to talk to you, uh, myself and Brian Johnson, Nathan Overberg. We're trying to get Matt McAnally back on. Um maybe a couple other guys, uh, and see, you know, how their deer, se- deer seasons went. Um, we've got a couple guys. I'm going to have a taxidermist on here so that he can tell, uh, you know, how to take care of your deer. Probably not this year, but at least give you an idea of what to do for next year. Um, the questions to ask your, ta- to ask your taxidermist. Uh, we're going to have a guy on. He's going to tell a story, uh, his story. Excellent hunter, friend of mine. Um, Last year, this time of year, he fell out of a tree and shattered his back. And uh, it's a, if you're anything like me, going up trees is a necessary evil. You know, uh, the older I get, the more it, it scares me a little bit. When I was a kid, I would run up those trees and make these little rats nests on the top of them. And I can remember going up there even without safety belt. Well, those days are long gone. You know, anymore I go up a tree only because I have to. I it's not my th- it's not my favorite thing to do anymore. I do enjoy hunting up a tree more than I do on the ground, um, 
But anyway, we'll kind of get an idea, hear the story from uh, my friend Bruce on uh, how that happened and how it's changed him. And just his, the story itself is just incredible. Uh, I cringe every time I hear it. Um, but the fact that he just, his will to live is what pulled him out of the woods. Um, and we're going to do a little coyote hunting coming up over the next, uh, couple months. And before long, we're going to slip into, uh, into turkey season. And I know that's one of the things that Brian's supposed to be doing right now when he's in Kansas is he's trying to secure us a couple farms to hunt out there for uh, turkey. Um, we'll be definitely hunting them here in Missouri. We get, uh, two turkey, um, with the shotgun here in Missouri. So we'll hit that hard. Another thing that, uh, in Missouri, and I don't know about the rest of the country, but with your archery tag, you can kill a turkey. And I've got several long beards that are showing up regular, regularly on my trail cameras. And I'm seriously considering, uh, late season, if I'm bow hunting, you know, after muzzleloader season's over, I'm going to, I'm going to try to take one of those long beards, uh, just for the, you know, the, one, you get the meat off of it, and two, it'd be a cool hunt. Uh, things are beginning to wind down, and the buck and the bucks are aren't showing up. We'll get something, something we're looking for. But um, I hope you all had a merry Christmas. I appreciate you listening. I wish you the happiest of New Year's. Um, look for things to come from Bustin' Beaks. I told you on the last podcast, we kind of struggled this year. Uh, it was a learning curve. Brian and I are both trying to film for a TV show. Uh, trying to get guys that I know and guys from around the country to come on the air with this is not always an easy thing. They want to, but you know, a lot of times they're in places where they can't, they don't have cell service or they're not able to, or they're traveling and they, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a cluster, but, um, I appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to Bustin' Beaks and Chasing Tales. If you get the chance, check out our Facebook page at bustinbeaksandchasingtales.com. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to the Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales.